What's up, Matt? Way too much. Holy moly. You ready to go? Yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of On the Molly. Matt, welcome back. Man, we have a lot to get to. There was a lot going on this week. A lot. Let's get into it. Yeah? Where do you want to start? I'll let you take the lead. Well, let's see. Why don't we go over... We'll start with Wednesday night's games. Uh, there, there were a couple of them. And the first one was Mesquite versus Monterey. And yeah. I, I think... This surprised a few people. Um, a 3-2 victory for Monterey on Wednesday afternoon slash Wednesday morning for you. I I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest. Um, you know, you look at Monterey, and they've been rolling over people. Like, it, it hasn't even been remotely close. So, for, for me, yeah, Miski lost, but... Not only did they play well, but to lose only by one goal is a pretty good accomplishment, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for for Mesquite, you have to you have to take that um, and and use that as a, a a momentum booster, if you will, because I mean, the Monterey Flash were outscoring opponents. They had like a plus twenty goal differential going into the game. Um, and Mesquite yeah. only lost by one, and they had opportunities to win that game. Oh, absolutely! I, you know, there were a couple times where I was thinking to myself, "Man, this could actually be the upset of the weekend." Yeah, um, but the, the, the thing, but the thing with with Monterey is they found a way to a, a, found a way to win. And in that fourth quarter, they outshot Mesquite eleven to three. Well, so that's, that's one of them was bound to go in. So, well, and that's something you know. You look at Monterey; they they just find ways to beat you, whether it be you know guys that you expect to score or guys that maybe they don't always get their name on the score sheet, but they take a lot of shots like you. Said, and that fourth quarter was 11 to 3. And to me, that's the difference because even if you save 10 out of 11 of those, if one of them goes in, it changes everything as we saw, obviously. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. It came down to that one goal that went in in the fourth quarter. So, um, but, I mean, hats off, hats off to both teams for, for starting the week off pretty well. But, you know, give credit to Monterey. They, they found a way to win. And, you know, I, I'm so impressed with them out of that conference. I'm just, I'm so impressed with them. I'm interested to see how they're going to do against the better teams like you were San Diego's, your Ontario's. You know, I'm interested to see if they beat them because yes, okay, they're undefeated, but they played Sonora, right? And they played Mesquite, who ironically enough gave them the most run for their money out of everybody that they played. So it's Yeah, and I mean and don't forget they wiped out Dallas, but I mean oh, yeah, yeah, you're I, right. I, I, so yeah, they're they're four and oh and it's 
what teams have they played? I mean, Sonora's won one game. Dallas hasn't won any. Mesquite's won one. So, I mean, two wins. Or maybe two or three wins out of those three teams. So, I mean, it's... It's tough to say right now, but I mean, Monterey looks good. Oh, they have coming out of the game. They absolutely look good, but I think you you take some of their goal totals and you say, "Well, look who they're playing." You know, I mean, it's again, I'm not taking anything away from Mesquite because a lot of every team that they played, Mesquite held them at you know the closest, so. Yeah, and we and we did say at the beginning, don't be surprised if Mesquite slid into that fourth playoff spot. Oh, no, I mean yeah. that right there, that'll show you that they'll be they'll be a force to be reckoned with this oh, season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So then Wednesday night, we had a really, really good game between Soles de Sonora and Dallas. Yeah. Up, up until the third quarter. Well, you know, I was watching this game and I'm thinking, wow, Dallas is actually hanging in here. And then third quarter comes along and you're like, well, there goes that. You know, it, it was, to me, that was disappointing because I, I, I really thought after that first half that maybe Dallas was going to hang in there. I didn't think they were going to win the game, but I certainly thought that it was going to be a close game, and it, it just wasn't. Well, in that first half, it was. Well, yeah. I that's... was very, very surprised, because I actually watched it as well, and I thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring in the first half. Yeah. yeah but I, I it was No, I think it was two to one going into half, right? Yeah, something like that. I think you're right. Yeah, it was two to one. Um, So the interesting fact out of this game that I found out is Soles de Sonora in the fourth quarter had six shots on goal. How many of those do you think went in? I would say five because if I remember correctly, the final score was what, seven to two? No. Thirteen to five. All oh yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of last week. All, sorry. All six of them went in. Well, and the interesting thing is that you know if you have a 100 percent conversion rate, of course you're going to win the game, and you know that's what happened. And unfortunately for Dallas, you know. It just proves that they just don't have a good defense. And I think that's going to be the Achilles heel on that team this year. I, you know, we both agreed at the very beginning that we didn't think Dallas was going to be anything to write home about. But, you know, if you don't have a good defense, you're not going to make it in this league. Especially when you have so many guys in this league that will make you pay for not having a good team. Right. And that's the thing. You look at these teams basically across the board, they all have guys that can score, and that includes Dallas. I mean, Federico Mugin is probably your best goal scorer in Dallas. So, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, don't forget uh, Cameron Brown's still there. Yep. Um, yep. So, I mean, they do have goal scorers, but yeah, you're right. It's it's going to be a long year for Dallas, and I don't think they want to play in Mexico for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because they've that. they've given up 27 goals in two games in Mexico. So. Well, you know, you look at that number, and you just it makes you realize that the level of talent that you put together between Sonora and Monterey and you compare that to the level of talent on Dallas and it's not even yeah and and it's funny because I mean M2 now has um, the Chihuahua Savage or something like that and they seem to be doing pretty well so far at M2 yeah so I mean those three teams coming from Mexico are, are looking pretty good right now and it's funny you mentioned M2 because there's a lot of teams that are doing really well at M2. And, you know, it, it's... You got guys like Alex Mosley down there who was really good with, I believe it was, he was in Tacoma, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, name doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I believe Alex was in Tacoma. Yep, and we got uh, Casey Gasson, who was in Kansas City. He was goalie yes. for a little while. Yes, so, was. I mean, there are guys that did play in the MASL that are in M2 right now. So, we'll we'll see how the M2 plays out. Yeah, but, I mean... Yeah, those, those teams in Mexico are, are off to good starts. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... You look, so, at, the, you look at the amount of goals that they've... I mean, I'm not crazy about Sonora, to be honest with you. I mean, if I had to choose between Sonora and Monterey, it's not even remotely close. But I mean, you're you're looking at you're looking at two different teams. You're looking at a really really experienced Monterey team, and you're looking at a, a Sonora team where they have a couple of players that with MASL experience, but not a lot of experience and they're young yeah Yeah. I mean it's you know we we went into this season talking about how is Monterey going to be without Frank and it's they haven't missed a beat but again I think it goes back to okay look who you're playing are you going to be that offensively potent against people like San Diego and you know the Ontarios because both of those teams do play fairly good defense so it really will be interesting to see what happens to the goal scoring when they play those teams right oh absolutely I I, I can't wait to watch those the Monterey San Diego Monterey Ontario yeah odd is it may sound maybe like a Monterey Turlock game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's funny because last year, it, we would have never said something like that. Yeah. But you're right, I think that, that would be a fascinating matchup, to be honest. I mean, yeah. even... Especially right now. And I don't want to go too much into Turlock because we'll get there soon. But... You know, even though they lost, 
to Tacoma, I I I still believe in the whole Turlock is going to be a good team this year. Oh, I complete. I I agree. I mean, I don't I don't see them making the playoffs, but I, no. mean, I, I can see them improving. I mean, geez, they've pretty much gotten their win total from last season already. Yeah. No. So, I could see eight or nine, eight or nine wins coming from Carolina. Oh, absolutely. Carolina. And even, yeah. and, you know, even with that number you're looking at, okay, so if they win nine or ten games, you're looking at a, what is it, 10 and 14 season? Yeah, 10, 14, so, 9, 15, so. So, I, mean, I that, mean, you're You're thinking probably you're, fourth place team in the division maybe like 13 and 11 yeah something like that but yeah we'll we'll see yep so the next game is Thursday and it was round two of Orlando Florida and Florida came out on top 8-5 you know I I was I was really disappointed in this game only because looking at the way Orlando played the first time around with the tropics, I thought they were really sloppy going into this game. And it just did not look like the same Orlando team. But again, I, I think you're starting to see Florida find their groove, I think you're seeing them kind of starting to gel with each other, and you know, I made the point earlier in the season, I said to you, I said, this is what I want to see. I want to see if Florida is going to be able to gel together to make something out of this season. Well, clearly they've done that, but you know, looking at this specific game, was I impressed with Florida? I mean, they they played better than they did the first time around against Orlando, but it, to me, it was more of a case of Orlando. I just, I was disappointed in Orlando. I really was. I mean, they made, they made many mistakes that led to easy goals for Florida. So, you know, that's that's why I wasn't including and hollering on Florida because a lot of goals that they scored in that game were just due to stupid mistakes by Orlando. Yeah. I, I mean you you look at the you look at the stats from, from the game. Florida scored eight goals on thirteen shots. Yeah. So I mean, give give credit to Florida. I mean, we we kind of we kind of saw this coming. We knew the going into the second game it was going to be. I think you're you're going to see a little bit more separation between the two teams. And oh, absolutely. We did. Um, I mean, they they started to to kind of get the wheels turning, and um, we'll get into the next game with Florida um, later on, but. They're, they're starting to, to figure things out, though. You know, here's the thing. I, you know, 
obviously we're pretty good friends with Greg and he he said to us the two teams that are going to surprise us are going to be Orlando and I forget who else he said but I know one of them for sure was Orlando and, and I gotta be honest as much as I respect Greg and I value his opinion. I I just don't see that in Orlando this year. I think they are going to struggle a lot without Gordy Gibson. You know, give credit to um, give credit to Schmerming. He's doing quite well. You know, they do have some new players that have made a difference. They do have the stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's anything to write home about, but, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see it in, in Orlando. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, they held, they held Florida to a three-goal win, but, like you said, they scored eight goals on 13 shots. That's a pretty high percentage. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, yeah, with with Orlando, I I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of confused with Orlando, and we'll and we'll get into Orlando later on as well. Yeah. Um, with their second game, but yeah, I I don't see a lot coming from Orlando, unfortunately, this year. No. Um. And, and the addition of Huff, Huff the Stuff, I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. No, I mean, you know, I, I've said this, I've said this a lot about Huffman, and I'll say it again, you know, the guy could be a great soccer player if he focused on soccer more than he did the antics, and people would say, well, we need a bad boy of the MASL. Why? Why? Why do we need a bad boy in the MASL? Why? Why do we need something like that? Just play the game, you know. And that's that's the way I look at it. You know, some people will agree, some people will disagree. I I just think, you know, there's no need to post them videos and call people out. You're you're a player of indoor soccer. Just play the game. Yep. And so I think, I think you're right. I, I don't think the addition of how the stuff is going to make a difference. But like you said, we'll we'll get more into Orlando later because they are they are one of those head scratching teams because one moment they show flashes of okay maybe this could be a good team if not an average team. And then they show games like against Florida where they let in eight goals on 13 shots. So, or, yeah, or the next game they play, which we'll get into later. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Orlando's going to be one of those teams where it's just kind of like, who are you going to get? Right. So, all right. So, the next game is probably, it was definitely one of the better games of the week. Um, Tacoma Turlock went down to the wire, went to golden goal overtime, and I thought, 
I thought to, or, uh, Turlock was going to pull it off. I mean, they had that power play. Yeah, yeah. And that... everything was looking good for Turlock. And Tacoma just found a way to win at the end. Yeah, no, they did. But, but let's focus on Turlock for a second. Think of how many times, even in that overtime period, or even before overtime, they hit the post. You know, if one of those goes in, we're not even looking at overtime. Right. So, you know, give credit to Adam West. He played a great game. Um, He ended up getting the the overtime winner. And, you know, give credit to to Colma. You know, they, they bounced back after a pretty... Pretty uh, convincing loss against San Diego, and That's for it. and for like you know, it's it's just one of those games. Yeah, okay, you lost, but you played a good game. You played a good game. It's not like you you got blown out of your own building. No, you went into overtime. Yeah, and um, that's the. I mean, it, it's interesting with Turlock. Um, Turlock Cal, um, they're two and one with a goal differential of plus one. Right. So I, I think that's kind of interesting. They're they're making their fans sweat a little bit out there. And if you if you want to add another fun fact, two out of three of those games have gone into overtime. Yep. So, ironically enough, the only game that did not go into overtime was the game against. San Diego of all teams. Exactly. But I mean they are they are now sponsored by Califino, so maybe they're they're selling more tequila during these home games and you know things. you know <laughs> I I don't think I will ever forget that they are sponsored by Califino because the announcer must have said it like 200 times throughout the, the course of that broadcast. I gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta give credit to the, the announcer of, of Turlock. It's a different guy from last season. Yeah. And they, they're so passionate about the sport. Actually, you know, I, they, they mess up, you know, they mess up the names a little bit and, and they don't know the terminology, yeah. but you know what? Their heart's in it. And that, no, and the guy, it's so funny because he makes me laugh so hard because, like, by the end of it, I'm like, he's got laryngitis, you know. And it, exactly. It, I it, hate to see, like, a back, back-to-back back home game. <laughs> We're going to have to get that guy a Ricola, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, get him something, <laughs> jeepers. But I mean, the funniest, the funniest part of that game was someone had the ball. Someone would have the ball, and they would like hold it. I mean, you mentioned their name. Like, like, still have the ball. Still have the ball. Still have the ball. <laughs> yeah. So. Or, or he would say their goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, their goalkeeper. It's like the name is Danny Waltman. That is the name. That's his name. The goalkeeper. <laughs> Yeah, I, I should have messaged Danny and told him that. I should have been like, hey, Danny, just to let you know, your name is not Danny anymore. It's the goalkeeper. It's the goalkeeper. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, 
I've been I've been going over the stats of each game to kind of see if there's anything interesting to point out. In this game, there wasn't really like shots were equal. I mean, goals were pretty much equal, obviously. No, like maybe if there was one power play goal, but everything was pretty much evenly matched. So, was I mean, it, that's off to both teams for a great game. I mean, let me ask you this because the one thing that I I saw, I don't know if you saw this, but I, maybe I'm delusional in this, but I thought that Nick Pereira was hesitant on taking shots when he could have. And that really surprised me because, you know, there were times where he had a wide open shot and he would try to find a, a pass to make. And I'm like, that's that's not like Nick. Usually he'll, he'll fire the ball if he has a chance. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at, if you looked at, at Turlock, I mean, they seem to be like that scrappy, scrappy team where they'll like slide and dive for balls. I think yeah. that's what possibly he was thinking. Like, like if I have the ball in open space, like a Turlock defender is going to, like, if I take a shot, they're going to dive and block it. Oh, yeah. They're just but if I have an opportunity to pass it, I, that's, that's what I think. But, um, yeah, normally he would be a little more aggressive. Yeah. And I I mean, really, he has to be because he's obviously he's the most prolific goal scorer on their team. So don't get me wrong. They have role players that can score. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying, you know, out of anybody on that team, Nick is by far the best goal scorer on that team. Right. Yeah. uh, I mean, and and you got to... Like Mike, Mike Ramos had the first two goals for Tacoma, and they were really yeah. good goals. And and you're right. I mean, it's going to rely on not all on Nick Pereira, but I, I think, like I said in previous episodes, I think you're going to see him playing more a bigger role in that offense. I was I was almost disappointed in the overtime goal just because. It was one of those goals that nobody was marking Adam. He made a run down the wing, and he had an open shot. He took the shot. There was no man marking. There was no nothing. It was just, hey, I have the shot. I'm going to take it, and he scored. And I, I think that was the most disappointing part for me was, hey, you know, Turlock, you've been marking all game, and now in overtime, that's when you choose to not mark a guy and look what happens you lose the game well I mean they'll they'll learn from their mistakes and I mean they yeah. Yeah. they've got to they've got to get ready for their next game uh, this week yeah I mean this is definitely going to be a learning experience for both teams I, I think you know I, I think everybody in the league is on notice of her like now I don't think anybody in this league is going to say well, it's Turlock. That's an automatic win. I don't think you have the ability to say that anymore. No. No, I don't think... I think in the MASL in general, I mean, you could probably say, like, if you play Rochester, it's going to be a, a win. 
but I mean, if they had a few players, who, who's to say that they won't turn their season around? Yeah. But uh, for the most part, any team can go into someone's arena and win. Well, yeah. And uh, case in point being a little later in one of the games that we'll talk about. But yeah, it's there's no guarantees in this league and that's something that you and I say quite frequently is I don't care who's playing nine times out of ten it's not going to be a guarantee right so let's see so that was Friday's game that was the only Friday game now we're getting to the weekend so we talked about Orlando's first game so then they flew up to Baltimore to play the Blast, and they got blown out. Well, 14 to 5. But let me say this, right? You take away, and I'm not saying this makes a big difference, but you take away the five more outbursts that they had in the last five minutes of that first quarter, you might be looking at a different game. I'm not saying that Orlando would have won the game, but they gave up five goals in the last five minutes of the quarter. Yeah, that's it's it's funny you mentioned that. That's the stat I had. Uh, five nothing after one, and I don't know if it was the arena they were in, or if they were tired, or or what, but. Orlando just did not show up. Well, okay, you might know this better than I do. I honestly don't know if this is true or not, but I I think I heard the announcer say that Orlando has never played at CQ Arena. Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm not exactly sure if they played last season. I, I want to say they did, but I'm not I'm not certain. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, even if they did, there's a huge learning curve going into CQ Arena. I've I've said that for years now. That you know, if you're a team that's only played there once or twice, it takes you a while to learn the ins and outs of how the ball is going to bounce, how hard you can kick a ball, what you can do as a goalkeeper to not get a three-line violation. I mean, there's so much to learn playing at that arena. And I, I think, you know, you combine that with the fact that, you know, Orlando did play previously and... Maybe it was that they were tired and, you know, they played a Florida team that's very physical. That could have played a part in it. But again, I think it goes back to the fact that you you gave out five goals in the last five minutes of the first quarter. And, and I got to be honest, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen something like that since I've been watching the sport. Um, I, I'm going to credit this being, like, Baltimore had something to prove. Like, they, 
they went into that game, they lost their last game against Utica. And right. they they wanted to get some momentum going into next or this week's game against Utica. Yeah. And they jumped on it. I mean, it is it a statement win? No. But no. it's it's getting them more momentum going into that game against Utica. I, I think I, I think Orlando wasn't used to the arena. Like they're not right. used to the, the small field or the boards or Right. Yeah, there's only one let me see. There's only one team that's won at CQ Arena, and that's Utica. Utica. And Utica's yeah. played there a bunch of times. So they know the ins and outs of that arena. So well, for, I mean, for a team yeah. for a team I... like Orlando to come in, it's it's different and, and you saw it in the first first quarter. Well, that and I mean don't get me wrong, I, I don't want to speak badly about Orlando. But they don't exactly have a lot of goal scorers on that team. And you take the other fact of it is that Baltimore is very good defensively. They they are very good defensively. And so the combination of not having offensive firepower and not being able to penetrate that defense, it just... It was a very easy win for Baltimore. I I think I, I think Baltimore's strategy in that game was to make Orlando make mistakes in yeah. their defensive third. Well, so they were putting they were putting a lot of pressure on Sleva, a lot of pressure on Schmerman and Odane Sinclair, and it's like you make a mistake, we're going to be right there and we're going to pounce on it. Well, and, you know, it's something that we talked about with Milwaukee and St. Louis is that, hey, if you can't handle the press, you're going to get into a position where you're probably going to turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over against a team like the Blast, guess what? You're going to give up goals. And they gave up 14. Yeah. so I, I I think Orlando will have to work on some some things defensively, and I mean, there's the season's still young for them, and yeah. we'll we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think you know they're going to have opportunities to win some games. Do I think? They're going to be a team to write home about in that conference. No, I I truly don't think that Orlando is going to have that run where they can make a playoff push. I just, it's not something that I see. Right. So now we're going to talk about one of the more surprising teams in the East. We're going to talk about the Harrisburg Heat. Uh, yeah. Harrisburg went into their arena, the Farm Show Arena, and beat Rochester seven to one. Yeah. Um, interesting fact about this game is a lot of their goals were scored in the first half, but they outshot Rochester nineteen to one in the second half. 
right? Which makes you think, you know, it's funny you say that because I was going to bring that up too. And it really just makes you think, okay, it was seven to one, but how bad could it have been? You know, I mean, think about that. Like, it could have been a heck of a lot worse for Rochester. And for for Rochester, it's kind of the same old story. You know, they're not doing things that they need to do. I mean, I I remember watching this game, and I remember thinking a, a lot of the time that they were just not... They were playing half-hearted defense, like they weren't challenging Harrisburg, they were giving them free runs at goal, they were giving them free restart opportunities, they weren't, you know, they just weren't challenging Harrisburg, and if you're not willing to put in the effort defensively in this league, you're not going to do anything, and unfortunately for Roger you know, think about this. We talked about this last game. We said in the first two games, in the first two games, I believe they've given up nine, 20, what is it, 29 goals? Well, now you add seven. 30, 30, 30, 30, 9, 14, 9, 14, 7, so 30 goals. Right, I mean that—that's abysmal. That is abysmal, and if that doesn't tell you that you have work to do defensively, well, I don't know what does. I mean, hey, you know what? Give all the credit in the world to Harrisburg. They've started out the season really well. They're one of the surprising teams at the start of the season, along with Turlock. And, you know, they played Rochester really well, obviously. But again, I I think it goes back to it was more of a case where Rochester was making it relatively easy to score. Right. And and I I think on the flip side, I think Harrisburg in the second half was thinking about their next game which was the next night. Yeah. So they wanted wanted to save themselves for yesterday's game in Utica. Well, I mean, you know, I was just going to say, you know, it's not like you're just going to play anybody. You're going into face Utica. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think that they, at that point, they knew that they were going to win that game as long as they didn't fall apart like on a catastrophic level defensively and so they knew they were going to win that game so they were mentally preparing to travel to Utica and get ready for that game I I completely 100% agree with you It, it, it just makes you scratch your head a little bit with Rochester because, you know, even though they've given up 30 goals in the first three games, like, after the first two games, when I when I gave up 22 goals, 
like, sorry, 23 goals. You know, it, it's, why would I not work on that going into my next game? I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm sure Doug Miller is focusing on that, but it's just, you can't keep up giving these large amounts of goals and expect to be even remotely competitive. Right, and, and I think you saw, you saw a very fiery side of Doug Miller. I, I noticed in one of the timeouts, he took the whole team and took them on the field and gave them like this like huge like speech about, like I, I don't know what was said, but it, it Doug Miller's perfect for this job. And I know that it, it's not gonna be a good year for Rochester. You know that, I know that. Uh, soccer Sam knows that. I mean, everyone knows that. But I think they're going to have the pieces in a few years. Yeah, no, I... to be one of those teams where it's gonna they're going to have a lot of good talent, and Doug Miller's going to be right there. And, and yeah, and I mean, we we discussed that on the previous broadcast too. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that. They're losing the way that they are losing. I mean, I, I would feel more comfortable about it if they were losing games by one or two goals. But it's the way that they're losing games that's disappointing to me. I mean, like you said, we knew going into this year that there was probably going to be a lot of work to do, and that's proving to be what's happening, and I do agree with you, I think, you know, Doug Miller, it's interesting you point out the fact that he was very fiery in that game, but being a coach myself, I know how it is to want the best out of your players and not get it, and I think that's kind of where Doug Miller is at, you know, I can give you the tools to be successful, but if you don't execute what I'm teaching you on the field, it makes no difference what I say to you. Right. And that's where I think it's at right now for Rochester. I, I think I think it's spot on. I think you're right. Um, I mean, yeah, we're not going to see we're not going to see a playoff team this year. Probably not next year. I mean, but we're going to see improvements at the end of the year from this team. Now, let me ask you this, because I asked you this the first game of the season after they played uh, Utica. I said to you, I said, do you think this is a case where we could see a repeat of St. Louis a couple years ago where they had maybe one win on the season? And... So now, after we've seen them give up 30 goals in three games, how do you feel about them record-wise? Do you think this could be another case of St. Louis's 1-19 season, or do you think they will grab a couple wins? Anything, you know, anything is possible in the sport. I mean, a few balls that bounce a different way could yeah. end up being the difference between winning a game and losing a game. I'm I'm not going to say 
that Rochester is going to be a 1 in 23 team. Will they be? I, I'm going to say two or three wins. I, here's the thing. I, I don't think Rochester will be 1 in 23. That being said, I could see it happening if they don't get better defensively because let's be honest, you're giving over, up over five goals a game. Even if a ball doesn't bump your way here or there throughout the course of a game, that doesn't matter if you're giving up five, six, seven goals a game. Yeah, and I mean, on the flip side, you're not going to win a game scoring one goal. So, right. I mean, a lot, they have both offense and defense to work on. So, like I said, you're going to see improvements from this Rochester team. And I think they're going to squeak out a couple of wins here and there. Now, where they're going to squeak it out, I I don't know. Now that now that Canada's gone, maybe St. Louis, maybe Kansas City, maybe I don't know if they play Dallas, but I could see two games. You know, you brought up an interesting point. You said, well, on the flip side, you're not going to win it by one or two goals. Well, but the thing is, okay, they've given up 30 goals in three games, but how many goals have they scored in those three games? Five. Right. So, I mean, you look at the game against Zunico, what was the final score? They scored... Nine to one. They scored one goal in that game, right? And then they... Let's see, they played Harrisburg and they scored three goals in that game. And I believe, what was the other game that they played? Didn't they play Harrisburg twice? No. Yeah, because we just went over that one. Yeah. Yeah. Seven to one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I just. If you're not scoring goals and you're giving up goals, it's a recipe for disaster in this league. I mean, I I think Rochester will get to the point that, you know, they they lose games, but, but they lose them more respectably. You know, I don't think... I don't think you're going to see Rochester lose every game by seven, eight, nine goals, whatever. But if they don't fix that relatively quickly, it's just going to get worse and worse week by week. Right. Okay. So let me let me ask you this. Considering we've we've gone over Turtlelock and we've gone over Rochester. So in the MASL off the wall board, there was mention of, well, why are people still like disrespecting Turlock and not disrespecting Rochester. Now, what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, you know, I, I think you, well, way to put me on the spot there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, here's, here, you think about, you think about it. No, here's, no, uh, no, I oh, got, got it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I, I think, 
I'll be honest with you and that. Maybe we're thinking the same thing, maybe we're not. But I think, you know, it's because Rochester is squeaky brand new, whereas Turlock, we've seen them be bad year after year after year. Where and Rochester was in M2. They weren't in the MASL. And a lot of people know who Soccer Sam is. A lot of people don't know the owners of the Turlock Express. Right. right. So, okay. So part two of this question. I mean, my, my take is the, pretty much the same thing. But mine kind of goes into the second question. Would you rather have a team with a winning record, but their arena only seats like 500, or would you have a team that's 0-3, but they fit like 3,000 people in the seats? Well, I mean, here's the thing. First of all, you know, I think if Turlock keeps winning the way that they are, I think you're going to see them have to make a move to somewhere else. That's the first part of it. Second of all, to answer your question, the only way a franchise makes money is if they sell tickets. So the more opportunities that you have to sell tickets, it's going to be more advantageous to you, even if you're not winning games, because the reality is, even though Rochester is not winning games, they put out a good show. Absolutely. Soccer Sam does really well at making that atmosphere a great atmosphere. He makes it fun for the fans. So, yeah, they might not be winning games, but they're having fun. Yeah, so... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, funny you mentioned Soccer Sam. So, I'm sitting sitting at home tonight, and I get a, a Facebook message. So, I walk over to my phone and look at it. It's from Soccer Sam, and he sent me three pictures from the game against Rochester and Utica a few weeks ago, and it was a it was, they were pictures of me with my I don't know if you saw the game. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I wore my my black and white wig mohawk. Yep, I saw it. Yeah, and he sent me those pictures like out of nowhere. Like the guy is super, super nice, and it's a super, super amazing environment. And i well, got to admit, I've got to admit, I would rather have, and honestly, I would rather have what Rochester has right now than what Turlock has. I'd rather have 3,000 people in an arena than a winning team. Well, and I've said this to you before, you know, uh, Turlock where they play reminds me of where I used to coach in Wisconsin because, you know, it reminds me of one of those indoor facilities that you see, you know, leagues being played at by adults or like coaches. Yeah, like, like, a, like my Sunday, Sunday soccer league I used to play in. It's right. pretty much the same thing. Right, so this, this is the other thing. When when you watch a Rochester game, you know what they're doing for the fans because you see what they're doing for the fans. I have no idea if Turlock does anything for the fans. I it seems pretty basic to me, to be honest. 
I I don't I don't think that there are anything any things that they do in Turlangan. Maybe there are. I I don't know. Obviously, I'm not familiar with Turlangan. But my point is that when you promote your brand and you are successful at promoting your brand, you can be the worst team in sports. People will support you. I mean, I hate to use this analogy, but it. I have to use my beloved baseball team as an analogy because for years the clubs were horrible and they failed Wrigley Field day after day, night after night. You know, it's just if you have a good brand, people are going to support you. And that's exactly what Soccer Sabbath built in Rochester. And so even if Rochester could go all in 24 this year, and people will still go to their games. I will. Uh, I no, hear. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's back up real quick. Did you say you're a Cubs fan? Yes. All right. This is going to be the last podcast of On the Volley with Jeremy and Matt. <laughs> okay. You know. I am a White Sox fan. Oh. Yeah, I, I can't work with you. That's disgusting. Yeah, no, this isn't gonna work. I yeah, we we have to end this frequently, like now. Yeah, done talking. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is done. Done. No, you know, you know what? Back when I believe it was back in '03 when the White Sox won the World Series, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe '05. '05. Uh, okay, well. You know, I was happy for the city of Chicago because, quite frankly, I'm in love with the city of Chicago. Yeah. I love the city. I think it's a great city. I, I used to have tickets to the Chicago Fire, and it was absolutely awesome. And my favorite hockey team is the Blackhawks. So, you know, I support a lot of Chicago teams. So... Even when, before the Cubs won the World Series, you know, I, I was happy for the White Sox because it was great for the city of Chicago. Absolutely, yeah. I I couldn't believe, like, they, they won, first of all. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Cubs ended up winning a, a World Series here recently. So I guess, I guess we're... The, the city of Chicago's off the schneid a little bit when well, it comes I mean, to you know what, world championships. You know what? Here's the thing, and I'll be honest with you, is that I said as long as the clubs win a World Series before I die, I will be happy. So quite frankly, if they don't win another World Series while I'm alive, I, I could care less. Would it be nice? Yeah, absolutely, but if not, hey, 2016, hey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, now, uh, now if, yeah. You're, if you're a White Sox fan, are you a Bears fan too? No. No. Um, I am actually a New York Giants fan, unfortunately. I, I was going to say, if you were a Bears fan, I would officially quit this 
broadcast because because <laughs> I, I I can't yeah no I'm a passer. No, I my like I've said before my my taste in sports teams is all over the place like being a White Sox fan and a, a Golden State Warriors fan and but I mean the other two sports that uh, I I watch the Giants and Rangers. So, yeah, so I got a local teams in there, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, once I tell you these, our friendship could actually be over. But um, our my uh, favorite uh, football team is actually the Packers. So I'm sorry for what we did to you last week. That was that, that's you know that's. That's that's fine. As if you had said the Cowboys, then I would have I would have shut off the stream immediately. Oh no! Yeah, no, I, I yeah, no, I I can't stand listening to Troy Aikman talk. So no, it would never be the Cowboys. Okay, good. No, right. but then I, I guess we can, I guess we can move on to the next game then. Yeah, we should I'll, probably get back to soccer. Huh? Yeah. So this is a game that. I know you watched uh, uh, a little later than I watched. Uh, uh, it was Florida versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee had their ring ceremony, and it was a really good ceremony, and it was cool that they gave rings to Drew Ruggles and Rick Ardino, and it was good to see uh, Josh Lamos there. Um, and it was good to see Tenzin Rampa behind the doing play-by-play. Well, okay, so now you have the floor. What did you think of the game? Well, this was obviously probably the most difficult game for me to watch all weekend because Milwaukee did all the things that they were supposed to do except for when it went into overtime. I mean, it's hard to get a game-winning goal when you don't have the ball. And in that overtime period, we maybe touched the ball maybe three times. Yes. So, so you know, here's the thing: even when, even when we had that lead, I said to myself, "I'm like, this game is nowhere close to being over." And uh, it's just, unfortunately for me, I was right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so. Yeah. Um, the interesting, the interesting stat from this game, and, and you kind of led me into it. Um, Milwaukee was outshot nine to two in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. Yeah, I know. And that's and that's the difference right there. Well, and I I think the other thing, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Milwaukee because there is no excuse. You you lost. That's the way it is. But you also have to realize you don't have Josh Lemos, who is arguably could have been the goalkeeper of the year. You don't have Andre Hayne. You don't have Robert Renault. You put in those two guys alone, I think this game is completely different. Uh, well, on the flip side, Florida did not have Gordy Gerson. Yeah, I know. Nor did they have Lucio Gonzaga at their disposal. So it's 
it's kind of like, I, I think the game, like, it was the best game of the weekend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hands, hands down, best game of the week. Um, up and down, it was, it was so exciting to watch. No, it really was, because... Uh, but, but going into that fourth quarter, though, like... And we'll get into the, the next game for Milwaukee right after this. But if they had played that fourth quarter... The way they did in St. Louis. It's a whole different game. It's a whole different game. Absolutely. I agree with you. Now, I, I the interesting thing about this is I honestly don't know why Andre Hayne and Robert Renault are not out there. I don't know if it's a paperwork issue. I don't know if it's injuries. I have no idea. But they, they need to get back on the field because you can definitely tell the difference between a Milwaukee team with them and a Milwaukee team without them. Right. I, I don't think it would have... Well, I don't know. I, I think it could have made a difference in that game. It's just... The interesting thing is you look at Milwaukee at home, usually they blow people out of the water. So... The fact that they were so close with Florida, I it just it made me uneasy. Like I said, even when we had the lead, I I wasn't comfortable with it just because Florida was getting so many shots on goal, and you know. Yeah, I mean, were, you saw. I mean, you saw an emergence of Zach Reggett. Like, well, that goals in that game and. I mean, you had Antonio Manfoot scoring. You had uh, Guillerme, whatever his last name is. It's not on the tip of my tongue. But, I mean, he scored the game winner. He had a couple of goals as well. So, I mean, you saw these guys starting to, like, like I said before, the wheels are starting to turn. Well, you could make an argument that the emergence of Zach Reggett started the game before when they played Orlando because he scored there too. So, you know, I, I think I, honestly, I think if he gets going, Florida is going to be very scary. I think they're going to be very scary anyway, but if he really starts to get going, it, it's going to be fun to watch if you're a Tropics fan. Uh, and you know, actually, I think I think the MASL in general is going to be more exciting to watch. Like, yeah, like I'm I'm going to Rochester to watch the Lancers in the Tropics, not not Utica, but the Lancers in the Tropics. Right, right. So I, I think I think it's good, like with this this culmination of the players, and I mean, but we'll see we'll see what happens like it's only three games into the season for him yeah if a couple if, if Gordy Gerson stays out if Ricardo Carvalho gets hurt I mean injuries could play a huge part in this you know so, but if they stay healthy I mean it's I it's I gonna be a tough out I have to make a quick point about Orlando just because I remember going over the attendance for the game against 
Florida, and I believe the final attendance was like 870 or something. I'll be honest with you, if that attendance keeps going the way that it is, I don't know if you've seen Orlando next season. Now, I want to know, yeah, I mean, I want to know if Cedar Rapids had a better attendance than Orlando. To be honest, I, I, I honestly think they did. Yeah, so, I mean, it it's nice that you have another team in Florida and, and, and more power to them. They, they need to figure out something because, I mean, bringing in 800 to that arena that's like packed, like you could pack that four or 5,000 full. Well, and I, I think the final attendance was like 840 or 870. But, you know, here's the difference though, right? So in Orlando, in Orlando, you expect to see a bigger number, whereas in Turlock, you expect to see a small number because it only seats a small number of people. And you so, know, so if you get 500 in Turlock, you're doing really well because you can only have 500 to 600 people in that arena. Yeah, and I think... I think attendance should be based off of how full you're you're filling up your arena. Oh, I absolutely agree because so I think if you I think if you were to look at that, I think Utica would probably be the leader right now or last year because they had pretty much sellouts every single game. Well, so it... that arena was ninety to ninety five percent full all the time. And you bring up an interesting point, and I have to go outside of the MASL to illustrate my point here. But I I had season tickets for the Phoenix Rising this season, and they said they sold out 16 games in a row. But it was based off of how many tickets that they sold, not how many tickets or not how many people were actually in the stadium. So so I, I do agree with you. I think you have to base it off of how many people are actually in the stands. Because it, it's sad to say this, but if, if they base it off of that, I don't even think there was 800 people in Orlando when they played Florida. I mean, I, I, I could be very wrong, but from what I saw, I I truly do not think there were 800 people. Yeah, I mean, but look at it. You you would imagine maybe 20% full, which yeah. is not, it's not good for the team. And I don't know if it's good for the MASL to have it's horrible for the It's this America. big arena that could fit 5,000 people in, but you could only muster up 800. You have to sit down and figure out, well, how do I get butts in the seats? Like, yeah. I don't know what yeah. they're doing down there to promote the team. Are they doing commercials? It, Are they doing, like, appearances? Like, you know, it's it, tough. It, 
it's hilarious that we're having this conversation because I was looking back at my Facebook memories and if I can find it, I will send it to you. But in my Facebook memories was a post that I posted with back when um, I believe it was Chicago or some team was in the league and they had 280 people at one of their games. And so I posted, I said, you know what? This is really sad. And for, for teams like this, what is the MASL doing to help these teams? Because yes, okay, ultimately it comes down to you are your own franchise. I understand that. You are responsible for filling your seats, right? But the MASL is a brand, which means every team that is in the MASL is part of that brand. If one part of your brand is failing, guess what? You're failing too. So what are you going to do as a league to help these teams? Because the reality is they have to do something. I mean, look at Ontario last year. They have a big arena and it looks empty every game. Except with the exception of the playoff game against San Diego. But even then, it wasn't that full. So I, I really think the MASL needs to step in and help these teams that are doing so poorly in attendance because I, I think as a whole, you have to work together to make the MASL successful. Yeah. Okay. And I think that during like the league meetings and stuff, they bounce ideas off of each other. It, it's just, it makes you wonder, like, if Turlock was in a 2,000-seat arena, would it still be 580 people at each game, or would you be able to fill 2,000 seats? Well, to be honest with you, that's hard to say, because I touched on this earlier. I, I don't know promotionally what Turlock does. Right. You, know, you know, just like I don't know promotionally what Ontario does or whatever. Like, I don't know, aside from Milwaukee, I don't know what any of these teams do. But the interesting thing is this. The first thing I ever heard from Turlock as far as social media goes, it was when they put in the new... Um, Calafino black carpet. That was one of the first things promotionally that I ever heard somebody say about the turtleneck team. So I I don't know. It's just sad to see attendance numbers so low for these teams. I I, I completely agree with you, but I mean you're you're looking at. Rochester bringing in 3,000. I think Harrisburg bringing in more people. So I, I think you're seeing like the top the top tier teams still bringing in the yeah the, the people. And I think you're seeing more for like St. Louis and Mesquite 
had like what 3,500 at their second game, and yep. that was like at 10 in the morning. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. It'll be nice. It'll be interesting to see like Dallas and Ontario, like teams that haven't had their first home game yet, what numbers they're gonna have. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of concerning seeing 800 people show up to a game in Orlando. Yeah, it is. I... Yeah. All right. Well, our next so, our next game was. Well, we're gonna we're gonna skip Harrisburg Utica for obvious reasons. Yeah, we'll okay. get into those in a little bit. So we're gonna go back to Milwaukee. And yesterday they traveled to St. Louis, and it was deja vu. I mean, ambush up yeah. one nothing at the half, and then Milwaukee turns it around in the fourth quarter, and they win six to one. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. It, it is. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Wave fan, but you gotta give all the credit in the world to Milwaukee for being able to come back, not only losing a game, but you had to go into overtime. You got into St. Louis at like two, three in the morning. And you go out and win a game six to one. So I I don't know if it's I give credit to Milwaukee or I say to St. Louis, what are you what are you doing? I mean, you gotta you gotta give credit to, to Milwaukee. I mean, the way they did it, I mean it's it's the second week in a row that they've done this to St. Louis. Yeah. Where they go into St. Louis and they're like Losing one to nothing at the half. I, I can imagine Coach Oliviero was like, guys, we did this last week. Why, why are we doing this? No, it's just, right. just go out, play our game, and, and we'll be fine. And that's right. exactly what they did. No, absolutely. And I think a big part of it was that you saw Ian and Max finally start to get going. And once that happened, it's kind of the equivalent of a runaway trade because it's really hard to stop those two when they, they get going. And, you know, here's the other thing. And I mentioned to you this before we even decided on recording tonight. I said to you, I think Rafa should be goalkeeper of the week because this guy stood on his head both games. I and mean, he... He made phenomenal saves against Florida. He made phenomenal saves against St. Louis. I don't think without Rafa, that game is a six to one game. Absolutely. I I honestly do not think that would have been a game that would have gone Milwaukee's way if not for the play of Rafa Diaz. And, you know, here's the thing. We talked about what what was it going to be like for Rafa. And, you know, when I posted that post on MASO Off the Wall, you know, he messaged me on Messenger and said, thank you for saying that. And I said, well, I'm not saying anything that's not true. 
you were absolutely unbelievable this weekend. And he said, I appreciate that. You know, it's not easy filling the shoes of a guy like Josh. And I said, yeah, no, it, it's not. Um, but here's the interesting thing. Are you more surprised that he played so well against Florida? Or are you more surprised that he played on short rest and gave up one goal against St. Louis? Jeez. Um, I mean, he, he played amazing in both games. Um, but if you had to ask me, I, I think with the caliber of Florida, I, I think it would be how well he played against Florida. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not taking away from, from St. Louis, but Florida and St. Louis are two completely different teams. Oh, easily. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say him him playing against Florida was, was better. And, and if he wins uh, Team of the Week honors, that, that would not surprise me. So, um, so now we have two 0-3 teams, right? We have... Rochester, and we have St. Louis. St. Louis. So here's my question to you: If you are a St. Louis fan, are you concerned at this point? Concerned, as in like we're not winning games. We well, we, I mean, look at look at look at the two games that you or the three games you played, right? You you played the champions twice and you've played Kansas City. Now those two I mean those three games let, let's just break them down. I mean you lose to Milwaukee six to nothing in the second half of the first game. Then you drive to Kansas City and play the next night. Yeah. So you're tired as is. Then you play the next week against the world champs again and the same thing happens. If I'm an ambush fan, I, I'm not concerned yet. I I think I think I think those three games, like back to back to back, uh, like zero and three, you, you kind of see that coming. Well, uh, in a way, yes. But here's the thing: I disagree with you. I, I think. I am a little concerned, not at the fact that I'm 0-3, but the fact that, number one, I have the lead against Milwaukee in both games that we played, and I got shut out in the second half. That's, that's what scares me more, is the fact that if you look at the three games that they played, right, they've scored five goals. With the guys that they have, they should be putting up a lot more points than they have. I mean, I I would be more concerned over the fact that not only was I shut out in the second half two games in a row against Milwaukee. Granted, yes, it's Milwaukee. Yes, Rafa played really well, but at the end of the day... If you're getting shut out in the second half, 
two games in a row against Milwaukee. You know, granted, like I said, it's Milwaukee. But they should be able to put up some points against Rafa. And I'm not taking anything away from Rafa. I love the guy. He played extraordinarily well. But, you know, they, I look at this same result and it just it worries me a little bit. Well, I'm not going to say, as an ambush fan, I'm still concerned, but I think they're not going to have, like, a 1-23 in season. Like oh, no, no. I... So, I mean, yeah, you put, you put a little bit of concern on the team, but you're not pressing, like, the panic button, uh, like if you were Rochester. No, I, I do agree with that. I, I don't think it's time to panic in St. Louis. I think Everton will get it together. I think, you know, unfortunately it's been, as you said, it's kind of been a brutal schedule for them. But, that being said, you're playing Kansas City six times this season. You're playing Milwaukee, I think it's five more times. So, if if you lose more of those games than you win, your schedule can get out of hand very quickly. And they play Utica three times. That's my so, point. That's yeah. my point. So, I mean, I, I see, just like Rochester, I see the team improving. But in St. Louis's case, I can see more opportunity for wins. Right, and I, I think I would be more shocked if St. Louis only got five or six wins as opposed to Rochester going maybe two and 22. Right. Right. All right. So the final game of the season, or final game of the season. Oh, final my game goodness. Of the week. Are you... Are you are you fast forwarding? Here yeah, I'm just jumping ahead. Yeah, final <laughs> game of the season. Um, no, we're gonna go final game of the week. We had Harrisburg traveling to Utica to face the city, and for 59 minutes and 58.2 seconds, we saw a great game. Yeah. But that last 1.8 seconds was marred in controversy. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, right? And, you know, you look at the scoreline, and it's... it. I don't know if I'm... I want to feel bad for Harrisburg, or I want to say, hey, you only lost to one by one against Utica. Congratulations, but... You know, it's just, it's just, it was a great game. I think it was one of the best games of the weekend. But, you know, it's just unfortunate. If, if you're Harrisburg, you, you leave there thinking, wow, we, we let one slip. Well, yeah. well, being, being at the game, I can, I can safely say the better team did win. Oh no, I I agree with you. Yeah, and and the and the the key to that game was just 
five guys behind the ball, keep possession, make Harrisburg make mistakes. Right. And, I mean, give credit to, to uh, Jesus Molina, the keeper of Harrisburg. He played one heck of a game. Oh, no, um, he did. I, I, I guy did. 40, the guy is 41 years old, and he's still diving and, and, and making all sorts of crazy saves. No, so, yeah. Um, but the better team did win. No, I agree. Um, but, um, yeah, like I said, the last 1.8 sec- seconds of the game was a little controversial, and I don't know if you've seen it, um, the league did bring down um, suspensions and fines from the I, game. I'm not surprised. I mean, I, you know, I watched that game, but I saw the end of it, I'm like... Yeah, there's going to be some stuff handed out. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Well, neither am I. Well, I kind of am. So, there there was a few things that were not brought up during that scrum. <laughs> One of which, and and I saw it with my own two eyes because I was about 50 feet away from it. Yeah. Um, one of the Harrisburg players like close fist punched one of the Utica players. Yeah, I, I, and and if if the if the league is going to inflict punishment and and suspensions and fines and points and whatever, watch the whole thing. Like yeah. uh, they took, I think they took bits and pieces of it and, and kind of took the main points and then doled out the suspensions that way. Well, well I think they rushed their decision. I really do. I think. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's the next day. It wasn't even twenty-four hours. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you said, go over the whole thing. Make sure you have everything right because, you know, you're looking at fines and suspensions, and that's in this league. I'm not saying it, 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 it's okay in any league, but in this league, if you take away money from these players. These players don't make a lot to begin with. So, you know, and not only that, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna discipline people for something that happens in the course of a game, make sure you have the right because honestly, like you said, I, I think the league missed some things and I think, you know, it wasn't handled as fairly as it could have been. Um, it's unfortunate that it transpired because nobody ever wants to see that. But it's just, I think the league could have done a better job. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm going to say that the league was a little lenient with the key players in that scrum. I mean, they gave one game suspensions to the first two people off the bench, which is in the laws, fine. So no no James Todba on Saturday. But you're looking at Dominic Francis and Jake Schindler, the two like main players in this, they get one point. Okay. Right. I mean as as a Utica fan, you're you're breathing a sigh of relief today. Yeah, you're like, 
Well, it could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I, I think we have to give credit to uh, both coaches. I mean, Ryan Hall, Pat Healy, they got in there and tried diffusing the situation as fast as possible. Right. Um, and, and for Pat Healy to, to basically yell at his team to get off the field. Like, this is not... There's 1.8 seconds left. We're not going to deal with this. Let's just let's just call it a loss and move on. Right. Exactly. I there, respect for that. There was no need for the, that to transpire. Especially, especially because, let's be honest, usually you see stuff like that happen after the final whistle. And so for it to happen with... Essentially, no time left. Yeah, that penalty, that penalty shouldn't have happened. Oh, no. Like, you have a minute, a second and a half. Right. And, and Harrisburg, the Harrisburg player decides to, like, tug on a jersey and, and pull Schindler down. Like, what are you trying to prove? Well, the thing is, you hand out this penalty that's not even going to be served. Exactly. That was... Those penalties were given after the game. Right. Which, But that's the point. They're not even going to be served. Yeah. So, what's what's the use in giving a blue card and a yellow card? And it doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, the only way that it would remotely make sense is if you bring them into the next game and you say, okay, you start the game with a five-minute penalty. And that's never going to happen. It's just not. No. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. The fact that they pulled out a blue card and a yellow card, it, it made absolutely no sense. Other than the fact that, okay, now you have to pay a fine. Or you have you have a point onto your whatever, and if yep. you get X amount of points, yep, that then too. you'll get a suspension. So I guess that too. why they did it, but it still just is. It makes no sense. It, it was absolutely Chris. It really was. It, it was a bad moment all the way around, unfortunately. And unfortunately for Utica, now they face Baltimore shorthanded. So. Well, we'll, we'll get into the, the picks here in a second. Um, I just wanted to um, give credit to Anua Obasi, who when he came into the league, when he came to Utica, I knew he was going to be one of the best additions for that team. And boy, that goal he scored. Yeah, it was, it was, that, that's probably going to be on goals of the week. I did better. Cause watching that in person, it was, it, it was funny during the whole game. It was Obasi versus Dominic Francis. And Obasi would go by him every single time. So then the matchup was Obasi versus Danny DePrima. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to bode well for DePrima. And sure enough, uh, he blew right by him. And I expected him to, like, hold the ball and pass it. But no, that toe poke was just a thing of beauty. You have to, this will make you laugh. But honestly, I would like to see Bossy and Ian Bennett in a race. I would just, I would love to see it. 
because they are just they both have wheels they just oh, uh, I, you know it's Obasi is one of those guys where he's just knows what to do with the ball at any given moment and he he set up a couple of other opportunities that could have led to goals for Utica so it could have been like six to three yeah but some of them hit the post or they went wide or but I mean a win is a win and and for Utica to to go into that game have a game plan execute it well I think that will give them momentum going forward um especially for the next well yeah that's it that's exactly what I was going to say is if Harrisburg somehow wins that game that that does not bode well for Utica against Baltimore because okay now you're looking at instead of three and one you're looking at what two and two so if you if you play Baltimore this week and you lose to Baltimore hey guess what now you have it possibly well if they lost to Baltimore they would have under a 500 record. But playing playing devil's advocate, like I like to do, especially with Utica, um, yeah, I mean, going two and three is is not doesn't sound good. But you you have to remember their Utica's schedule gets easier after twenty nineteen. Yeah, no, they, it, it really does. They don't play Baltimore. They don't play Florida. They don't play San Diego. They play St. Louis three times. They'll play Rochester three more times. They'll play Dallas. Um, I mean, the the, the big games are going to be against Mesquite, against Milwaukee, and then against the two games in Sonora. But besides that, their schedule's looking pretty good. No, I I completely agree with you, but I think that's one of the reasons that... Utica is a favorite to win this year because, you know, yeah, the first part of their schedule is kind of tedious, but the last part of the schedule, I I don't see. I see you guys maybe losing the game against Milwaukee, but that's about it. Well, I mean, I think... If, if, if we're talking down the line, I could see in 2020 Utica losing two games. I'm going to say they're going to lose one in Sonora. I'll say that right now. Uh, I, yeah. I think I, I could see them splitting that with Sonora. Uh, and then I could see them losing to uh, Milwaukee. But besides that, not, I, I don't see it yet. Yeah, no, but, I, I agree with you, but I think... But with, I mean, with, with injuries and stuff, that, that could change, but... Well, and I think, you know, the only reason I would say, okay, they're going to be okay against Sonora is because, yes, it's a smaller field, but they're used to that with Baltimore, so I, I don't think... I, I truly think they'll go 2-0 and against Sonora. I, well, I, I really I do. So. Well, I would hope you would hope so. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into the picks for next week. Okay. So last week 
We I, exactly we tied every time. single one. Yeah, we tied. Yep, so we tied. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this week we're gonna be different. Oh yeah. I've already I, got my picks. I've already got my picks down. So all right, we're gonna well, start with. Well, okay, so we're gonna start with Friday. Uh, Turlock versus Sonora in Turlock. Oh boy, we're starting out good, aren't we? Uh, oh, the first few games are pretty good. Uh, you know, I, oh boy, my heart says Turlock, but my brain says Sonora. I'm going to go with Sonora. Okay, well, there we go. We disagree. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Turlock. Um, the way they've been playing the last few games, I, I don't, nothing to take away from Sonora, but I just think watching Turlock. I could see them slowing down Sonora. Yeah. And I, I kind of see this being like a five to three game. So. Well, I, and it's one of those games that could really go either way. So. Absolutely. Wow. What a way to start the week. Holy cow. Right. Um, okay. So we've got next, we've got probably the game of the week. It's Ontario's first game. And they play San Diego in San Diego. Oh, my. I'm going to have a horrible week. I can tell already. Um, oh, boy. You know, I got to go to San Diego. Okay. Um, I agree with you. I, I think Ontario is going to be kind of rusty going into the week. So, I, I kind of see them giving up a few goals to San Diego, and you don't want to give up a few goals to San Diego. No, yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point, because it's the beginning of the year for for Ontario, right? And San Diego has already played two games. Um, So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah. All right, so now we've got round three of Florida versus Orlando. This time, it's the home opener for the Tropics. Without a doubt, I got to go with Florida. Okay. Yep, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Florida, all the way. Um, and that's another team that I'm kind of curious to see how many they put into the seats for this Right, game. because they, that that's another team... Last season that struggled with attendance. Yep. So. And now, I mean, now you've got now you've got no excuses. You've got a stacked roster, a championship caliber team, and and you yeah. need to put butts in the seats this season. Well, I divide the ownership of Florida. Honestly, if if I don't put butts in the seats. What did I do this for? You know, why did I add 11 people if nobody's going to come and watch my franchise? Right. Exactly. So. Um, okay. So now we're going to get into another Saturday game, which is round another round three, Baltimore versus Utica in Baltimore. Oh, boy. <laughs> this week is just crazy. Uh, you know, 
<laughs> I I love you, Matt, but I gotta go with Voldemort on this one. Okay. So, me being the Utica City guy, right? My heart is always gonna pick Utica. No. And in in the three games that Utica have played, I've gone three and zero in my picks. Okay. Yeah. Picked, I picked Baltimore to win in Baltimore. Picked Utica to win in Utica, and then I picked Utica to win in Harris against Harrisburg and Rochester and Borno. Right. With right now on my paper, this is before the suspensions came down. I picked Baltimore to win. Knowing what I know now, I am still gonna take Baltimore. I, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of picking my jaw up off the floor right now. Wow. Well, here's here's why. I I think Baltimore gained more momentum going into this game than Utica did. And, and I think I think they're going to look back at the last game that they had against Utica in Baltimore and they're going to say well here's what we're going to have to do I think you're going to see a lot more pressuring from Baltimore well, and you got to remember that game in Baltimore was only a one goal game I mean excuse me the game, yeah the game in Baltimore was only a one goal game Right, and, and so, the mistakes, the, the reason why is Utica made mistakes. And Baltimore right. is one of those teams where you make a mistake, you're going you're gonna to pay for it. And then when you get two or three goals down, it's downhill from there. So, I mean, yeah, can yeah, Utica I win? Can Utica win? Absolutely. I mean, they're the only team to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Right. So, and they have Jake Schindler. And right. the last time, the, the first game when Baltimore and Utica played, Togba didn't play. And now you've got Obasi. So, I mean, right now, I am taking Baltimore. But mm. if I change my mind from now until Saturday, I will let you know. All right. Sounds good. All right. So then we've got uh, another round three. It seems like we're, we're doing this like where teams are playing their third game against each other. Yep. We've yep. got we've got Harrisburg versus Rochester in Harrisburg. I I think we both agree on this. I, I'm taking Harrisburg all the way, no question. Yep. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be another one of those games. Um, Harrisburg is going to be without um, Tom, I think it's Tom Meller or one, one of the Meller brothers uh, because of the the altercation in Utica but I, I don't I don't think that's going to make a lot of difference no um, I mean so, yeah. Harrisburg wins no no questions asked yep um, another game on Saturday we've got Dallas's home opener unfortunately for them they play Monterey <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not going to tell you because you already know. Yeah, I already wrote it down. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say do not expect a 13-goal victory for Monterey. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll win by like three or four. Yep, I agree. All right. So now we're going to go to St. Louis 
and we're going to have the ambush facing the Kansas City Comets for the second time this season. Um, well, you know, based off of how they played each other in the first game, I think uh, I had to lean more towards Kansas City just because here's the thing. I, I've been really impressed with the way that Kansas City has come out, even though they lost to Sherlock, they played well, right? They It's not as though they played bad. They came home, they played a great game against St. Louis the first time. I think St. Louis has a lot to figure out, and for that reason, I'm taking the Kansas City comments. I, too, am taking Kansas City. I, I think Leo Gibson has got this team to, to kind of um, play play better on, under. I see yeah. that continue. Um, I mean, you've got you've got all of these young guys, and I, I think that's going to be the key to their success this season. I think all of these young guys, you've got um, well, Sandavari and, and Raisari and, and Lewis and yeah. Amerski, and you, you've got all these guys, and I think you're going to see another victory from Kansas City. I didn't even mention Lucas Rodriguez, John Sosa, Leo Gibson himself. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is a good mix of veterans and rookies, and yeah, I, I see them pulling out the victory in this one. But again, I, I don't think it's going to be a runaway game for for Kansas City. I think it's going to be another one of those too little, too late for St. Louis type of things. Um, you know, I think St. Louis will make a run at it, but I don't think they'll win the game. Right. I, I think the key for St. Louis in this one, and I'm sure Everton would agree with me on this one. Uh, play four quarters because they've shown that they can play with the world champs six out of the eight quarters that they faced Milwaukee. Well, right. That, that's just that's just it. If if the bottom line is that St. Louis has not put a complete game together yet this season. They, they just have not. Even against Kansas City, they didn't. I mean, you look at that game against KC, they were losing 5-1 to one at halftime. So, you know, they haven't put a complete game together yet this season. And so I, I do agree with you. That is definitely the key to a win there. Right. Okay. So now the next game is on Sunday. It is Tacoma hosting Ontario. Ontario. Okay. This is a game I thought you and I were going to disagree on. If I were to pick an upset special, this would be the game. I think Tacoma can beat Ontario. No. No. But... Hold on, hold on. I do have Ontario winning this. I pick Ontario to win. I, I just, I, I think they have too much firepower and they'll be, 
not rested, but not like rusty. Right. So I think it's that in between where their legs will be good. Right. And, uh, but like I said, Tacoma could pull off the upset. I, the only reason I say that I don't think Ontario is going to have any trouble with this game is that I, I think Tacoma is really going to struggle to score against Totes. And that's one of the reasons that I picked Totes as my goalkeeper for Fed GMASL this week because I think uh, I don't think Tacoma will have problems getting shots on net, but there's a big difference between getting shots away and getting the ball to go in the back of the net. And so for that reason, I think Ontario wins this game. Yeah, like I said, I, I have Ontario winning, but Tacoma, for Tacoma to win, I think you're going to have to see at least three goals from Nick Pereira. Oh, yeah. And, and a huge game from Danny Walton, which we've seen. So it is possible. Oh, yeah. No, I, Danny Walton has the ability to stand on his head quite literally. Yep. And, you know, it, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really good game, but you could be a good goalkeeper and keep your team in the game. But if your team doesn't score, it doesn't make a difference. Right. All right. So our final game for the week is in San Diego, taking on Sonora. You know, that's actually going to be a good game, I think. Um, I'm going to pick San Diego, but unlike you, if I was to pick an upset game of the week, this would be my upset game of the week. I think that Sonora has the ability to play San Diego well. Do I think they're going to win the game? No, but would I be surprised if they do? No. Yeah, uh, I mean that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think you and I are kind of opposite. Like you, you definitely think Ontario's going to win. I definitely think San Diego's going to win. I mean, you look at both teams are playing on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Sonora is traveling to Turlock Cal, and then they're traveling to San Diego. San Diego is going to be staying home. No, yeah, I know. So I, I think the, the home field advantage is is a big deal. And they're going to have the same turnaround time, but uh, Sonora has to travel. Um, no, I agree with you. But, you know, you look at, at Brampton, it's not the same situation. But you look at Milwaukee traveling to St. Louis, I think it's a case of yeah, we're tired. Yeah, we have tired legs. But once we step on that field, guess what? It's time to play. And anything can happen. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
So we've seen Sonora play two out of their three games at home, okay? And they they played really, really well in the small field or whatever. We saw how Soles plays on a big field yeah. once against Monterey, and we all know what happened. It was like 12 to 3 or something, yeah. something like that. They got beat pretty good. So opening the field up, is going to be a, a challenge for Sonora. And, and it's kind of like similar with Baltimore, sort of. I mean, Baltimore no, is yeah, more successful at home in that small field. Put them in a bigger field. Yeah, they've, they've won. They have won three championships on a, on a bigger field. So I guess, yeah, they do have success. But you look at the record, they have right. better success in that small arena. No, and yeah, I, I think Solis is kind of mimicking that a little bit. No, I agree. so yeah, this this game is gonna is gonna be at least a four goal victory for San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I, I think San Diego wins by two. Do I think Sonora can win? Yes, I do. But if they win, it's only going to be by one. Uh, I don't think if Sonora wins this game, it's going to be a runaway game at all. I think it's going to be relatively close if they win, but again, I I don't see that happening. Right. Okay. So So now... So real quick, we we have to go over fantasy and by ourselves. That was my my next thing. So I sent you the picture today. Um, Actually, I ended up winning <laughs> by two. Yeah. Um, our, our offenses weren't really that good. <laughs> no, they um, were pretty dreadful, actually. Yeah. So the the, the goalies were, were the big difference, and I have to give credit to Paulo Nascimento of St. Louis for helping me out <laughs> yeah. in this week. In this week's. Uh, right. Or last week's fantasy football or fantasy soccer. Um, so I. Do you have your picks? I didn't write yours down. I sent them to you, but... You did. Um, so I I don't have them up on my phone, and I don't want to go into the messages, yeah, but no, I did save them. Yeah, no, I don't want to leave this screen either, but um, if anything, we can go over it in... Because I think here's the deal. We did not get... 10 plays last week which was kind of surprising actually but um, I, I like doing the bonus episodes so if it's something you just want to do for fun you could do it that way yeah uh, yeah, we can do that yeah if if, if this gets the, the 10 plays we'll do a, a fantasy episode and we can we can do our picks and maybe like go through each game and like predict who's going to have a really good game and who's not and and stuff like that do, absolutely do you do you want to do a bonus episode just for fun or do you want to see if we get 10 plates i don't mind doing a bonus episode that's fine yeah i think i'm actually you know it's funny i'm actually doing two episodes this week as well so um i think i'm doing one tomorrow night and then I'm I'm gonna do my picks on Thursday. Yeah, I know I, I can't um 
I can't record on Wednesday because I have a game that kicks off at 8 o'clock at night, so... Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday's not good for me either, but uh, tomorrow's definitely... I'm, I'm in tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I can do tomorrow because I probably won't be able to go to practice because we got a pretty bad rainstorm, so... And even if I do, I'm done by 5.45, so... Oh, rain. Oh, listen to you with your rain. Hey, it was Actually, a... you know, it's funny. We actually got rain today, too. So, hey, it was, I won't complain. It wasn't even the rain aspect of it. It was the lightning aspect. Oh, okay. Light, right. Lightning plus, plus wheelchair equals not good. Oh, okay. Well, well then I guess I guess that's a little different story. But, hey, yeah, I... I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for tomorrow, and we can go over each game and kind of give like who we think is going to do well and no I yeah, yeah I totally up for that yeah absolutely um, right, sounds I, good. I'm going to end this broadcast but I am going to give you a call to tell you something so uh, okay. I will do that after I end the broadcast okay alright well I look forward to this fantasy episode tomorrow yeah absolutely All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right.